on the Sporting Capital. This is the VFL Hour. Get involved in the Hard Yakka Totally Workwear VFL. Visit vfl.com.au. Well, welcome to the final VFL hour for season 2019. Sam Hargraves joined as always by Anthony Stangitz after a couple of absolutely cracking grand finals on Sunday at Icon Park. Collingwood winning over the Western Bulldogs in the VFLW grand final 52 to 15. And then in one of the most frenetic and chaotic and classic VFL grand finals we've seen in many, many years, Anthony Stangitz, the Tigers were able to hold on a fast finishing Williamstown to run out three-point winners in, and I'm going to ask you, is that one of the best VFL grand finals you've seen or I suppose one of the most dramatic? Oh, certainly one of the most dramatic. And I, I spent the last probably five minutes of the game on the sidelines, so just heading down there. And um, at, at that stage, it was a 13-point ball game when I was uh, heading towards the sidelines. And... I think uh, just after I got down there, Ben Kennedy kicked a goal to bring it um, back within five points. And I was actually on the boundary line with the Tigers bench at the time. And I've never felt the environment so tense with the ball Mm. just in that Williamstown lock in their fourth half, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. And, And every time the whistle blew... The crowd, the noise, that you could hear the Tigers fans go up, and mm. um, the the first uh, free kick to Willie Wheeler, and he's uh, he's hit the post and, and hit it flush, and then just a couple of minutes later, you couldn't believe it. It was exactly the same player uh, who had another another shot for goal, just and a little bit further out. It, it was, and he basically, I think, throughout the game, had three shots from that one spot, nailed the first, and the other two um, will go down in history. Hitting the post. Absolutely. We'll talk about that and we'll play that last minute as heard on SEN on Sunday as well. But let's start with the, the VFLW. And if you wanted to ring up and, and share your thoughts and memories and, um, you know, your emotions from VFL Grand Final Day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number. Get involved in the hard yak. totally work where VFL. Visit vfl.com.au. Collingwood, um, they would have been really disappointed with how they played against the Western Bulldogs in their semi-final earlier in the year. They were inaccurate. They think they kicked about one goal eight. Um, and the Dogs were able to get over the line and win their way through with a week off to the grand final. Well, they jumped them early, Collingwood. Then the yips started to come back in front of goal. And we thought, oh, no. Oh, no. We've seen this before. But in the end, uh, 7 2 uh, They were just too strong for the Western Bulldogs. They had superstars on every line, none bigger than Jamie Lambert, 28 disposals, and she kicked their first two goals of the game. Well, she kicked those goals after they had six behinds in a mm-hmm. row on the board. It was uh, unbelievable. And it, yep. it was, as you mentioned, almost a mirror image of the semi final clash between the two teams a fortnight earlier. But they just could not find the goals. And it, um, it took. Jamie Lambert, who had a fantastic final series. Um, she kicked all three goals to start the final series up against uh, um, the Southern Saints. Yep. And then probably didn't have her best game against the Bulldogs last time. Um, certainly bounced back in the, the preliminary final with a, with a few goals. And, um, and she was fantastic in the, uh, in the grand final. Um, 28 disposals and uh, five clearances from the middle and, and drifting forward. Um, they also had uh, the best on ground, the Hardeman uh, medalist on the day, uh, Stacey Livingston, 
um, fullback in the VFLW team of the year. And she was uh, impenetrable across that uh, half back line, chatting to a, a few of the media people there on the day after the first quarter, they'd almost backed her in for best on ground after her first term. 10 marks she took and 25 disposals to go with it. And and it was the composure too that I, and we, I had the game on, I was working on Sunday here doing Sunday brunch with Adam Cooney. We had the game on uh, the TV and just watching her go about it. She was just uh, all poise uh, amongst the panic and was incredible. And by the way, just on a side note, if you, if you want to know about Lisa Hardiman, cause she's an incredible story, a pioneer of women's football. She did so much to help uh, women's sport grow in this state. Um, she's also uh, the acting I think she's the acting commissioner at the moment or she's very high up in the uh, Victorian police force. Daisy Pierce spoke to her for This Is Grit episode and you can see it and listen to it on sen.com.au. Just on a side note, uh, Lisa Hardiman medal and you'll find out exactly why that best on grand medal is named after her. But Stacey Livingston, very deserved. Oh, she was and uh, unanimous across the board uh, through the uh, four voters for, for the best on ground medal. Um, I think that the balance for Collingwood with their younger players again, a couple of their Oakley Chargers in uh, Gemma LaJoya and um, Zenos also amongst the best players in this clash, just gave them that uh, defensive pressure when they got the ball in their forward half, the the tackling uh, pressure of uh, LaJoya up forward. Also, that experience of having Bree Davey back into the team the, the last two weeks of the finals, the preliminary final, she showed what she's capable of. And, and certainly, again, in the in the grand final with 22 disposals and, and six clearances, uh, Collingwood fans who have had a, a few lean years at AFLW level, I think they've got something really to look forward to with this premiership team, but also some of the, the players within it. Chloe Malloy back out on the park as well. She's a star. She, out and out star. One of the best ball users uh, in the competition, I think. And just her ability to stay on her feet. That, yep. That's one of the keys. One of the, the goals that she kicked um, just showed her ability to and balance. She was being tackled and, and she's done it numerous times throughout the season as well, where, where she just holds her feet um, gets rid of the tackler and is able to kick a goal. So her work through the the middle of the ground and um, and forward line, she's just got that versatility that's going to be needed at uh, AFLW level. She she's shown it again coming back from injury at uh, VFL this year, and probably the other big developer this year. And we, we talk about big, we talk about tall. Shani Layton um, amassed twenty six hitouts and just had the four disposals, but her body work around the ground and her ability to, to take the game on, take on opponents mm. as well and bring her midfield into the clash, I think uh, was one of the keys. Uh, Celine Moody and um, McMahon had been keys for the Bulldogs um, in the second half of the season. Yep. But I think Leighton's influence and they backed her in as the, as the sole ruck going into this clash as well. And she gets around the ground really well too though, Gutsy. Like that's probably why they said, well, we know that you've got the tank to be able to go. She's very fit, um, professional netballer as well. I, I saw her in the game against Southern Saints and, I, and I've watched her play AFLW when she's crossed over. I think the thing that was standing out for me was that she's actually got a lot more confidence now at, at playing the game of, of Aussie rules footy, believes that she can do it and she's not lacking in confidence personality-wise, Shani. So <laughs> when she starts to feel comfortable, I think that'll only just 
hold her in, in much better stead. Did you notice the same thing that she just look doesn't look like now that she's a tourist. She looks like someone who believes that she can play and, and match it with, with the best. And I think that she, sort of that's the way that she was carrying herself. hundred percent. And she's vocal and yep. it, it makes her teammates listen mm. to what she's saying. So she, she's very experienced and I know it's in another sport, but she's bringing that experience and leadership yep. from another sport yep. into football now. And it's really showing like uh, it, her teammates really growing confidence when she's around the football now as well. So um, she's had that ability to, to learn the game very quickly and, uh, yeah, her, her grand final game was uh, fantastic as well. Victorious coach of the VFLW Collingwood side, Penny cooler Reed's going to join us very shortly. We'll speak to Hugh Beasley, Tigers defender, and just see how they're feeling after a couple of days, I'm sure, of <laughs> celebrating. Uh, let's move our attention to the men's. And as we said, in the end, Collingwood just too strong. Never really looked like being headed. Uh, 7-10-52, the Dogs, 2-3-15. So Collingwood had 12 AFLW-listed players playing for them. The Dogs had six Premiership players from their AFLW side a couple of years ago who were playing. Uh, so a lot of star power in that Collingwood makeup, but deserved Premiership winners in the end. Um, if you were listening to SEN on Sunday, you would have heard the call. The guys did a great job on SEN of the VFL Grand Final. As we spoke about one of the most chaotic and frenetic and dramatic uh, last sort of half of the last quarter, I want to play the final minute and then we'll have a quick chat about this game. Here's how you would have heard it on SEN on Sunday. And it's still there. Butler trying to force it forward. Now forward for the Seagulls. He's got it again, Wheeler. Wheeler's got it again. Pretty much the same spots. He can't miss, can he? He will kick from 48 metres out. Stand by. Huge moments. Tension everywhere. Hit the post two minutes ago. A goal, and they're in front. Wheeler kicks. High ball! No! He missed again. He missed again. And again, it's hit the post. 32 and a half minutes gone. Three-point ball game. Bolton with the most important kick in of his life. He'll run out at the square and go long to the outer side. There's the siren! The Tigers have won an absolute classic at Icon Park. Beautifully done by the boys. They were really riding every moment, and so they should. It was an exciting final term, and uh, you got a feel for Willie Wheeler. Had a fantastic season. You spoke about him often as mm. a player that you that really impressed you. You really liked how he went about it. You you liked him for a possible mid-season draftee. Um, he'd be heartbroken. He would be, and... As I said earlier the, in the final term, he, he nailed a goal as well and mm. he was amongst their best for the game. But And I know it came down to his last couple of shots, but it was their first quarter. Like the fact that they didn't score in the first quarter of the game, they yep. almost, from my take on it, went defensive almost during the, the first quarter and um, enabled Richmond to get that run on. So they led by 28 points at, at quarter time and it was really left to the Seagulls to have to fight back and uh, get into the clash. So after quarter time, it was four goals to seven going the Seagulls' way. So yep. they fought back and fought back well into the clash. I think until uh, three-quarter time, we just had the, the eight, eight goals scored in the match and then we had 
a seven-goal frenetic final term. So um, unbelievable clash between these two teams. And with 18 AFL-listed players going into the game, the, mm. uh, quite a few people questioned about Williamstown. But just their experience and their ability to, to gel as a team. They've got a number of experienced players like your wheelers, Marcons, these sort of players, Masters. And they had eight players from their 2015 grand final. Mm. So they had players who had been there before, who had experienced it, who knew how to get it done on that day. But as you say, when you've got that many AFL-listed players uh, on the Richmond list and and they've done it well there to develop, and we heard them speaking about it last week, about the way they've developed the culture between the AFL and the VFL side of things. They've really made sure that we are as one here. So there doesn't tend to be a little bit of that disconnect that maybe some others uh, do have from what we understand about Richmond. So... Um, but they were the best team all year, Richmond. They were. Uh, just the, the couple of losses for the season. And I think it goes to show, and we've seen it in the past with the, the strong VFL list leading to the, the strong AFL list. We've seen it with the, the Bulldogs during their um, premiership year. We've seen it uh, with Richmond in the past with their VFL team making the finals and uh, Richmond going on to the premiership. And, and also at, at Hawthorne, we've seen it with uh, a strong Box Hill Hawks lineup at VFL level has really led to the strength of um, Hawthorne at, at AFL level. And you look at the depth of the Richmond Football Club when you've got uh, Collier Dawkins at, at this level, you've got players mm. like uh, Marlon Pickett putting his hand up, best yeah. on ground. Norm yep. Goss, uh, medalist, uh, best on ground. And just so, what and a Sydney. story that would be if he gets selected. Oh, it'd be amazing. I mean, the, 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 the conservative money and, and is on Jack Ross going in. Uh, to replace Jack Graham, who was ruled out today. But there is a bit of a groundswell starting to sort of develop in regards to Marlon Pickett. And, wow, that that would be um, amazing. And but, he, um, he's just so humble as well. He, he's got that ability that he's not worried whether he plays in a grand final or not. He He's just humble and happy that he's playing AFL yeah. football. Well, Tim Kelly said today that they should pick him. Tim Kelly played with him. Uh, in the waffle and said that Richmond really should pick him because he's a big game performer, not daunted by the stage at all. No fear. Uh, yeah. So uh, well done to Richmond. It was an absolute thriller. And Williamstown lamenting not uh, being able to add their um, their first, uh, well, what would have been their 17th VFL or mm. VFA premiership. Um, but in the end, Richmond, best side for the year. They, they got the job done. They were able to hold on and we feel for Willie Wheeler um, but certainly, as you say, not his fault. 31 points down they were at one point yep. early um, in that uh, second, second quarter. Term. So yeah, that's that's incredibly hard to come back from in swirly uh, conditions. But it was a, a great final, beautifully called on SEN, and the guys on Channel 7 uh, did a great job too. We will speak to one of the Tigers defenders in Hugh Beasley a little later in the show. Penny Kularita to join us next. Later on in the Sporting Capital, Anthony Stangers, though, uh, Patrick Nash, who played there for oh, Richmond. Yes. We're going to speak to his dad, Chris oh. Nash, who played 143... Uh, at 143 <laughs> games for Richmond, including that 95 prelim. Uh, obviously, another member of the proud Tiger Army ahead of their uh, AFL appearance in the grand final this week, but a proud father as well with um, Paddy getting a, uh, a premiership as well. So we'll chat to Chris Nash, uh, former Richmond legend. Uh, another little bit of news coming to hand. The AFL Coaches Association have declared uh, Chris Fagan as their coach of the year. Brisbane Lions coach took uh, the side from five wins last year to finals for the first time in a decade. So that's just some news coming to hand tonight. So congratulations to one of my favourite people in footy, Chris Fagan. <laughs>
He's a great man. Oh, he's a great man. I bumped into him at the Brownlow last night. And gave him a quick little handshake and hug. He's a, <laughs> oh, he's a, the best bloke. Uh, so absolutely wrapped for him. More VFL hour coming up. You can get involved in the hard yak at Totally Workwear VFL. Visit vfl.com.au. We will catch up with victorious VFLW coach from the Collingwood Footy Club, Penny Cooler-Reed, to join us next. On the Sporting Capital, this is the VFL Hour. Get involved in the Hard Yakka Totally Workwear VFL. Visit vfl.com.au. Welcome back to the VFL Hour. Sam Hargraves, Anthony Stangitz. A little later on in the show, we'll be joined by Premiership Tigers VFL defender Hugh Beasley. But up now, the coach of the victorious Collingwood football side in the VFLW, Penny Cooler-Reed, has been good enough to jump on the phone uh, after I'm sure what's been a couple of great days of celebration. Penny, congratulations to you first and foremost. Minor premiers last year, we spoke to you a few weeks ago. You had unfinished business. You wanted that premiership and your troops absolutely delivered for you on the biggest stage of all. You must be absolutely wrapped with how they performed. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be more proud of them, the group of girls that we've got. Um, like you said, we had um, something to prove, not just to... Um, the VFLW, but definitely to ourselves as well. So, yeah, absolutely stoked for the win. And like you said, been celebrating for a couple of days now. So, it's um, yeah, it still hasn't quite sunk in. But, yeah, pretty proud of the group. Penny, congratulations on the win. What's the title of uh, how is it Premiership Coach sitting with you and Premiership Coach of the Collingwood Football Club? Oh, it hasn't really sunk in, to be honest, but... Um, the more I sort of got around the club and having the people come up to me and congratulate me, I think, um, yeah, it's starting to sink in. Um, the, the medal definitely hasn't left, uh, my neck for the past couple of days. I'm actually, um, sitting in bed with it around my neck. So, um, it probably won't leave for another, a few more days. Yeah. Penny, uh, one of the biggest things that I've noticed with the, the, the Collingwood football club and it, it huge in Melbourne across the, the football landscape and, now including uh, netball as well, but just how they embrace everyone under that Collingwood banner. And it was fantastic to see Eddie Maguire in the rooms and uh, address the players after the game and, and just express how proud he was and, and what pioneers that the, the VFLW players are for the Collingwood Football Club post-match. Yeah, and it's um, probably one thing that if Ed is not a part of your club, it's not something you get to really see. And we know he's such a busy man, but, um, yeah, the fact that the boys, unfortunately, didn't get the win the day before uh, for him to show up the next day and support the women's program is just fantastic and shows, you know, that he's really invested in, in what we're doing um, at the club. And he was also last year at the wheelchair um, footballers that we, we also have um, under the same roof as well. So, um, he's definitely um, in for the one club mentality and he gets around to as many games as he possibly can. Heard Ash Brazel talking to Jack Heverin about that exact same thing, Penny Cooler-Reed, about just how good Collingwood have been about integrating every facet of the club and that's the that's the key word, the club. So they've got the AFL side, they've got the AFLW side, the VFLW side, the netball side, the wheelchair that you talk about. And Ash was saying that everybody knows everybody. It's it's very much a, we are all part of this together um, and it's all inclusive. It must be a phenomenal place to be around. Yeah, well, it's pretty busy. Um, <laughs> there's never, um, uh, like, it's always really, really busy. There's so many people that come in and come out 
um, of that club from, you know, 6am in the morning all the way through to 9.30 at night. It's always buzzing and it's just a fantastic facility to to have it. We do uh, cross paths a lot with um, all the other teams and I think that's the best part is we can, you know, get the chance to cross codes. We get the chance to um, pick the brains of, you know, the other athletes but also the other coaches and having a resource like that across the board is um, fantastic development for everyone that's, that's a part of the club. Any last time you met uh, the Bulldogs, it was probably inaccuracy that uh, cost you getting that uh, spot in the grand final and uh, the week off. What were your thoughts at, at quarter time with that uh, inaccuracy again during the, the first quarter? A few rush behinds, but uh, yeah, 2-6 in that first term. Yeah, well, it's one of those things, weight of numbers. Um, and I think eventually it was going to pay off for us to the more inside 50s we got, the more opportunities to kick goals uh, that would eventually pay off. And we did an activity during the week that every time that someone kicks a point, the whole team had to do 10 push-ups. So um, it was it was sort of nice to nice to have the girls um, finish off some good work. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot still that we need to continue to develop. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, the girls kick straight um, eventually. And that's all that really matters. <laughs> Just on the SMS here, Penny, ask Penny if she washed her lucky socks at all during the yeah. season or did she wash them once <laughs> on their own after the semi-final loss to be sure that the bad luck was washed off? That's on the SMS, 0433 98 11 16. What's that? Uh, tell us what that's all about, please, Penny Cooler Reed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a bit of a game day ritual where I have um, a pair of lucky socks. After round one, I had to change my socks um, with that loss to St Kilda, but... Yeah, when we lost to the Bulldogs, um, I washed my game day socks on their own. They needed some time to think about their actions um, and spend some time by themselves. Sat them in front of a mirror and said, <laughs> but, oh, good, uh, look at yourself, socks. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I told them. Um, hmm. But they came good the next two games, so yeah. <laughs> Penny, tell us about the Lisa Hardiman medalist, uh, Stacey Livingston. Fantastic in defence on the weekend. Huge. Oh, she's um, just grown um, unbelievably from the first season of AFLW and she had a pretty significant shoulder injury that she had to have surgery on um, and I think for her that was a blessing in disguise knowing that she has to get bigger and better than she was last time to make sure that she still her spot as our key defender and I think she's really done that her confidence to go above her head um, her ability to hit those targets inside um, I probably would have not seen that from her previously but I think she's just grown in confidence and we made a few positional changes knowing um, Stacey's sort of um, ability to read the play, her contested marking and her booming boots that we wanted to sort of free her up across that half forward line that every time the dogs tried to get the ball out, we knew that it was just going to go straight back in. So, um, yeah, I mean, she's grown in leaps and bounds and I'm really excited to see what she can produce in the AFLW season. Well, talking about players that you can't wait to see in how they've grown into the next season of AFLW, Shani Layton, she uh, you're back to in in the in the grand final, and uh, she produced the goods in the ruck. Oh, I just love Shani. Her, her, um, like just her way of and her infectious personality through the group, and um, she's just amazing person. And I think you know. She's had a pretty hard time through that netball, that later end of her netball um, career that she just loves playing footy. And she sent a message to the group after the um, semi-final and preliminary final saying that she just wanted to thank 
everyone and everyone in a part of the team and part of the club because she's never been happier. She feels that she can come into, you know, the football world and she just, just is herself. Um, doesn't have to put on a brave face if she's not, you know, feeling 100%. Feels that she's really supported by the girls and, you know, she may not be the best player, but um, the way that we get around her and the way that she goes about her football, she just absolutely loves it. And we know that every time you're enjoying playing footy, you end up playing really well. So, um, yeah, we're super proud of, of Shani. And this is only her second season of football ever. Um you know, she's only played, you know, a handful of games and we know that if we can just continue to get some football in her and, and continue to push her and we know what sort of strengths that she's going to bring to the team. So, again, one of those players that you're really looking forward to seeing in the AFLW season. Absolutely. And all your big-name players, they did the job that was required of them. Jamie Lambert, 28 disposals, two goals. Brianna Davey, 22 disposals. Chloe Malloy, uh, 16, probably operating at almost 100% efficiency. She's so good with ball in hand. So your big names did what they needed to, but uh, as always, that's all well and good, but you need a very, very good coach at the helm to get them over the line. So congratulations, Penny Cooler-Reed. Um, I know that it stung you going out in straight sets last year after being minor premiers. So a wrap for you that you've been able to get that medal around your neck and why would you take it off? Enjoy the moments and <laughs> enjoy the celebrations if they are still continuing. And thanks for having a chat to us on the, the VFL Hour. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Our VFLW update, all for Victoria Police, now recruiting. You can apply now. You're more suited than you might think to join Victoria Police. Apply now. Head to their website if you'd like to find out more. So a very, very happy coach from the Collingwood Football Club, Penny Cooler-Reed. On the other side of the coin, we'll delve back into the VFL Grand Final. Richmond hanging on in one of the most exciting and chaotic finishes that we've seen to a VFL Grand Final in many, many years. Uh, one of their stalwarts in defence. So I'll tell you what, if this man uh, just had, didn't have it tighten up just slightly in the last uh, half of the last quarter when the ball just kept coming back in, back in, back in. But had a pretty good view of it. Had a l- very good view of it. Tigers defender Hugh Beasley will join us after this on the VFL Hour SEN. On the sporting capital, this is the VFL Hour. Get involved in the hard yakka, totally workwear VFL. Visit vfl.com.au. Well, we've heard from the VFLW side of things and how sweet victory tastes. Penny Cooler-Reed absolutely up and about and loving what her team were able to do to clinch the grand final on Sunday. Uh, This man played in defence, which was a very, very nervous place to be, especially in the last quarter of the VFL grand final when Williamstown, who were 31 points down early in the second term, fought their way back in and were three points down and peppering. They were coming very, very hard. So this man and the rest of the back six and really the whole 22 had to stand up and defend resolutely. They were able to. A little bit of luck went their way, but in the end, the best side in the competition all year was Richmond, and a big part of that was Hugh Beasley, who's been good enough to join us on the line. Hugh, congratulations, mate. How's the head? Has it been a good couple of days? It has been a good couple of days. No, the head's fine today. Um, I'm glad it's 9 o'clock. I'm almost ready for bed, but it has been a good good couple of days. Hugh, congratulations on the premiership. Um what, take us through that the final few minutes of the game. You you were probably in that prime position down that end of the field. What, what were your thoughts and uh, did 
did you keep that eye on the clock and just wait for that final siren to go? Oh, we had a oh, it was absolute nightmare to be honest. The last fifteen minutes, <laughs> they kept on peppering, like you said, and uh, the runner came in, came out at about the uh, twenty-eight minute mark, saying two minutes left, and I think the quarter went to the thirty-three <laughs> minute mark. So those two minutes just seemed to drag on. It seemed the longest time in the world, to be honest with you, but it was out of our hands. Um, really had two shots, and fortunately for us, both hit the post. Where were you for both of them? Um, I was in the goal square like I normally am, watching them go over, go over my head normally. Um, but this time they just seemed to fade a little bit. The wind pushed it a little bit more towards the right-hand side. And absolutely amazing the fact that the two grand finals that Richmond have been in, both both decided by under a goal, you must be pretty happy to be on the right side of it this time around rather than 2017, that uh, final kick. Oh, Definitely. Your, your mind flashes back to 2017 when we were up by a couple of goals and in the last, they kick a couple and they get in front by a kick and it was much the same um, on Sunday. So your mind flashes back and say, thinking, oh, no, not again. But uh, fortunately enough, we're on the right end of it this year. And Hugh, tell us about Marley and Pickett, mate. Uh, picked up by Richmond in the mid-season draft. Mature age player, had played a lot of top-level footy over in WA in the Waffle. He played with Tim Kelly, who we know is doing great things at Geelong. Joins the club halfway through the year, ends up being a Norm Goss medalist. What did he bring to the table and what impressed you so much about him since he joined the club? Yeah, he's unbelievable, Mullen. Um, when he just turns up his professionalism, he knows what his role is. He's asked a lot of questions. He's a quiet type of guy, but when he's out in the field, he's great to have on your side. He's tough as nails and... Uh, smooth as anything as you guys saw on uh, Sunday. And it must have been uh, pleasing. You you missed him in the preliminary final, but your, your partner in crime and uh, fellow team of the year, member Dan Coffield, uh, back into the, the team on the weekend and uh, a premiership player along with yourself. Yeah, Coff's one of my best mates down at Richmond. So um, it got to the stage where we were both basically fighting for a spot against each other. But um, fortunately in life, we were able to play together and like throughout the year, my partner in crime was back and we were able to get the job done. What does it mean for you to be able to win your first VFL grand final, Hugh? It's um, it's a, it's a big achievement. We often say that it's the second best footy competition in the country. So um, there's no it's, there's no slouches there. How how big a moment was this in your footy journey? Oh, it's definitely up there for sure. Um, I don't think it's quite sunk in yet, to be honest with you. My first uh, senior premiership and uh, losing it in 2017, I don't think I fully understood what it meant to be a premiership player. But now now that we've finally won one, I, I realise how hard it is to get to this position and how rare it is to, to actually win, win one. You spent some time on the, the Brisbane Lions list, if I'm not mistaken. So you've been around the AFL system before and now you're pretty close to it still being involved with the Richmond from the VFL point of view. Is it still an itch that you want to scratch getting back on an AFL list or is VFL where you see yourself and, and where you're, you're happy to be? I'm definitely happy at um, VFL level, but always looking for that AFL opportunity, I think. You play footy to play at the top level and the best standard that you can. And I think this year I put a great foot forward to set myself up to play any AFL football, but um, really happy at VFL level and what Richmond's done for me and just enjoying my football at the moment.
Hugh, what have you been able to learn and develop in your game over the, the last three years at the club? Oh, I suppose um, uh, getting injured in 2018, so I spent a lot of time in the uh, in the gym doing weights and doing all the boring things, and you learn to, you know, a bit of resilience and you learn a bit about yourself, to be honest, and how how to go about your rehab and what works best for you. So I think, although injuring myself was a, a terrible time, I think I, I learnt a lot about myself over that year and um, how to prepare and ultimately what makes me tick. And, and one of the key messages that we always hear out of uh, the Tigers is the integration between the AFL and VFL sides. How have you found that over your time at the club? Oh, yeah, it's unreal. Um, you just saw on the weekend all the AFL boys getting down to watch, even after the interview on Friday night. Though Once their game was done, they were immediately onto the Sunday game, ready to come and watch us. So, you know, they're a massive part of um, who we are. And, you know, they, um, they welcome us with both open arms as soon as I walked into the club. Who's the DJ post-game? Because uh, I saw on the weekend, I was in the rooms at the time, the Channel 7 were trying to get the post-game interview with you, but uh, <laughs> almost being drowned yeah. out by the by the nightclub tunes. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, they put them on pretty quickly. They were ready to hand out a couple of froffies. Um, <laughs> Rancy, uh, I think, ran that, made sure that we were had a froffy in hand, ready to roll, but knew that there was still another week to go for the AFL boys. So... Was want us to enjoy enjoy the night, but also knew that we had bigger bigger fish to fry this coming week. I thought that was sensational. I saw the vision of Alex Rance getting around and trying to pump up at three quarter time and out there, with, and was so excited in the celebration after the game, and just so happy for everybody. Given what he's been through this year, you could forgive the guy for you know being a little bit flat, given that everybody at the club's enjoying success at the moment and the the senior side about to play in a grand final. But that. Must have been absolutely sensational to have uh, one of the best defenders in the last ten years, um, an absolute elite of the of the game, just absolutely reveling in in you guys doing your thing. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and it's a credit to him. You know, he just puts his energy back into us, and you know, we're allowed to express ourselves and learn off him. One of the best defenders going around, and his emotion and energy. Um, he just puts time into us to make sure that we're better players and better people from it. Hugh, thanks so much for giving us some time. We know it's been a big couple of days for you, and, and deservedly so. <laughs> uh, one of the, the most thrilling finishes to a grand final uh, we've seen. Obviously, you've been on the wrong end of that a couple of years ago. This time, you're on the right end of it, and a premiership medal to go with the team of the year in defence uh, is an absolute feather in your cap. Well done on a fantastic season personally and, and for the team as well. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Thanks for that. Hugh Beasley, a uh, good fella. And I reckon that if he's about to go to bed, Anthony Stangitz, he'll be very, very thrilled to know that after 11 o'clock tonight on the Sporting Capital, we're actually going to replay the final quarter of Richmond's prelim against Geelong from Friday night. So as heard on SEN, after 11 o'clock, for Tigers fans, as you get ready to march in, to your second grand final in three years. After 11 o'clock on the Sporting Capital, we'll replay the SEN call of the final quarter of the Tigers and the Cats. Congratulations again to Richmond in the VFL. Huge win from them. Absolutely fantastic to hold on like they did. Heartbreak for Williamstown. Congratulations to them on a brilliant season. We'll be back to wrap up the VFL hour straight after this on SEN.
On the Sporting Capital, this is the VFL Hour. Get involved in the Hard Yakka Totally Workwear VFL. Visit vfl.com.au. You can stay involved with the Hard Yakka Totally Workwear VFL, vfl.com.au to keep up to date on everything that's happening in the league. Anthony Stang, it's almost time for us to say farewell for a year and what a great year it's been. Thank you for everything you've contributed. You put this show together and you do a remarkable job of it. The, the calibre of guests and the people that we get on is absolutely sensational and uh, it makes for, for great listening for fans of the VFL, but also to passive fans who sometimes just need a little reminder that there isn't uh, the second best league in the country is right on our doorstep and we've got some absolute superstars running around in it. What were your highlights uh, of the year for you when you look back over season 2019? I think the development of the Werribee Football Club, um, mm. Choco Williams coming on board this year, uh, two key losses for them going to the Gold Coast Suns in Collins and Corbett. But they've had a, since they've gone back to a standalone model over the last couple of seasons with the, the split with North, they've developed a, a core group of VFL players and um, to see Riccardi come on this year and centre half forward in the, the team of the year, to see them make it through to the finals, um, to see Tom Gribble win the uh, win the medal uh, this year, the Liston Trophy. It's been great to see their development, but also what Choco has brought to them um, of developing players on their list. And I, I think it's been the model that, Werribee, um, uh, Williamstown and Port Melbourne have had of having that core group that you build around as a standalone club. And mm. I think that's that's the model that you, your Coburgs and Frankstons are, are also looking to and making sure that they can retain that core group of players and then build around it. And Werribee's certainly done it under Michael Sotomarco, uh, their leader over over a number of years now. And it's going to be great to see their development. Um, hopefully they're rewarded like a number of clubs with a, a couple of VFL recruits uh, to the AFL ranks in the off-season. So um, it could be difficult again for the Tigers to have to, again, replenish to, to cover those losses. But I think um, Mark Penaluna and uh, the team down at Werribee would be pretty pleased if they cap off the season making the finals and, and also having a couple of... Uh, AFL recruits out of it, um, I think it'll be a successful season for the for the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, if you look at your preliminary finals and you see two AFL aligned and two standalones, mm. you give that a tick. You give that a tick, don't you, to say competition is is even. It's anybody's. It's not, you know, dominate. I mean, yep, the, it, the premiership was won by an AFL aligned, but it was three points. Yep. You know, this wasn't a blowout. This wasn't. Uh, a pasting. This was a tightly fought contest in the end. Williamstown had more scoring shots uh, at the end of the day. So for a competition, and I suppose the always the eye being on, is it going to be lopsided? Is it going to be just the, you know, the haves and the have-nots? And it, and it certainly hasn't panned out like that this year, which must be a real positive for the club. And also too, I think things like the mid-season draft, bring, anything that can bring the eyes back to the VFL, and realise that there's some serious talent running around, go and have a look because you just might see your AFL club's next superstar running around out there. Just any reminder that we can give. So things like that. And then as you say, the draft coming up. So who will get taken from a VFL point of view? Anything like that that can highlight and bring attention and news and stories and eyes and ears, like through this show as well, back to the VFL is only a good thing. You've got to remember, and we've seen numerous examples throughout the season, is 
these players are working full-time jobs. Mm. They're, they're training three nights a week, playing on the weekend, but then they're also working normally a nine-to-five job. I know the hours differ, but um, we've, we've seen from a Michael Gibbons that's been given that opportunity. They're probably playing to 70 to 80% of their capabilities and, and potential. Mm. It's that extra 20 to 30% that you that can be unlocked in the full-time environment at AFL level. So, um, yeah, we're hoping that a number of those uh, players that have been performing well at, at VFL level get their opportunity. And, and I think from a, a VFLW level, I think that transition from NAB League girls to VFLW, we've seen so many players being able to adapt like a, a Sophie Molan, um, LaJoya on the weekend, mm. these sorts of players, Lucy McAvoy, who uh, played late in the season for, for Geelong, um, Molly McDonald, who's already on the on the Saints list, but um, dominated in her games for the Southern Saints later in the, the season, along with uh, Isabella Shannon. Uh, that pathway from NAB League girls and and also from NAB League for the for the players that don't get the opportunity straight away at the 